This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hello, everyone. Uh, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. I'm really excited about this podcast with Ken Zanders, legacy trainer, worked with AC Delco for years, probably saw him in one of his classes. I remember you and I were in Philadelphia. We had dinner, me, you, and Tracy. And the whole shape of this episode, in fact, I think there wasn't even snow. It was a beautiful night. We were out at a restaurant, right, in Philly, outdoors eating. And the, the whole idea of this episode came from there. I can't believe it's taken us a few months to pull this off, but here we are. I'm excited, really excited about this episode because this episode has kind of a movie theme to it. You know, remember the movie When Harry Met Sally, Kenny? I sure do. <laughs> well, this episode is When Kenny Met Harry. <laughs> Am I right? Is that what we want to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully you are now engaged in this audience. And what does Harry Met Sally and Kenny Met Harry have to do? And it's really a cool story about a trainer and a, and a technician. And the interesting struggle that a trainer has in shaping and forming and building and molding a owner technician to diagnostic ways, if you will. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Tracks on the web at napatracs.com. I love this total story. Uh, Kenny's a great instructor. I'm excited to have him. So let's start. Your friend, Harry. Yes. And, and thanks, Carm, for having me on today and allowing me to share my story. I want to share with you a very good friend of mine who goes by the name of Harry. And I've known Harry for quite a few years, and I've always promoted him to get training and, and try to get information to help combat the complexity of today's modern-day vehicles. Well, Harry has quite a bit of stubbornness. He, uh, he likes to do things his way, and nothing wrong with that. Wait a minute. Technicians, uh, diagnostics uh, owners, they're not stubborn. Where, where are you getting that? <laughs> Well, I can only relate or explain Harry's position, not pointing the finger at anyone else in particular, but building it off of Harry, because I found by having a better understanding of Harry and his ways, this could actually lead to me providing better information in terms of my training. And he serves as a great subject matter. He has had some problems over the years, and I have done my best to try to give him information that leads him back to the right path. But at least one thing we agree upon, uh, there are many roads that you can follow, but there may only be one road that leads to the right way. So do I smell the thoughts of, listen, the quick fix may not necessarily always be the right way? Well, as I've explained to Harry, he uh, sometimes, and I tease him on this, and, I, and this is just when I choose the words, I'm only teasing him. I literally say to him, Harry, you got to stop praying for the quick fix. He'll get the vehicle in, he'll... 
He'll throw some parts at it. He'll spend some money. Things get a little confusing because maybe at first glance, it doesn't, it's not making sense. He looks at it. He says, I've replaced that part. It should be working now. Well, at that point, you're kind of hoping for the quick fix. And I just share with him things that hold truth. You can't go in blindsided. You got to go in with at least a strategy. Get the full story on what the complaint is. I've actually gone there and he didn't even have the full story on what the complaint is. And he's trying to work it by first finding out what the vehicle is doing and then kind of proceeding from there to try to get a repair. And I said, Harry, you have to, I said, everyone will agree, like it or not, that you have to first confirm what the concern is. And that's our starting point. And that's where I'll be sharing a story today where he has one vehicle in. It is from a a company. They are looking to place a contract with him, but they'd like to see what he might be able to do for them. Oh, so when this is a test. Yes, it is. A test that could lead to a lucrative contract. Got it. So now all of a sudden they have his attention. All the years of working hard and, and trying to support your business and trying to make things happen. Here's now something where this company is saying, hey, we want to do business with you, but do you have a game plan whenever you look at one of our vehicles? And we need you to outline a game plan by looking at one of our subject vehicles that has a problem. Oh, wow. What a test. They know it's a problem vehicle. They're looking for a shop that can bail them out and, and could, but it's like a fleet that says, hey, listen, if you can do this, we can do anything. It is definitely a fleet. And what they are saying to him in their their own way, and they have confirmed this, we are looking for someone where they can show us that they have a strategy. Not report to us that, hey, we just put on this module, we put on that module, uh, we ran this test, we replaced that part. We've done all we can do. That's unacceptable to them. There are vehicles out there where, of course, many of us will say, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on with this vehicle. That's fine. They just want you to be able to say, hey, based on everything I've done, we have drawn no conclusion. So have you ever come across a company like this looking to test strategy? I have ran into three companies here in the state of Illinois that are looking to uh, provide a strategy-based process and report that information whenever a vehicle is repaired from their fleet. They're only asking that you provide reports because by providing the reports, it provides information for them that they can review and possibly help their team maintain their products better. Let's just call them a fleet. Do you think they learned this because they felt somewhere along the line they were being charged for parts just to try over and over again? Why are we paying all this money and you still didn't fix it or it's taken you this many days? So I guess if the competency was good enough, then they know that they're, over time they're going to spend less money. That is exactly their logic in, in, in looking at this. They're going by the old the statement that we've heard many, many times before. You can't continue to do the same thing and expect different results. And if a component is replaced twice, three times, in some cases even four times, their comment is, are we diagnosing? Do we have a game plan? What are we doing? It seems like to me that the fleet will be able to follow the work order, the parts that are being used on this vehicle, and another one almost just like it over and over again. It says, every time we take it in, they replace this module, and then they replace. So go in with a strategy, 
To your point, I love it. And document what you're doing so that the next time we come in, it doesn't take four hours to fix the vehicle. It takes one because you've discovered a pattern, maybe. Absolutely. And they understand that life offers no guarantees. These vehicles are complex, but everyone can argue. There's nothing wrong with going in with a game plan or strategy first. And then taking that information or data that you gather and make a decision based on what you have reviewed and witnessed. There's nothing wrong with that. And in many cases, this can lead to a conclusion that fixes the vehicle. So the whole objective here, it seems like uh, that Kenny is helping Harry is to create and promote a diagnostic strategy like you mentioned before and let these vehicles stop beating you up and have a much different approach to then just dialing up a friend and and doing the first thing that someone suggests. Exactly. The subject vehicle that they gave him, and and I think our team out there will will find this interesting. It's a, a 2010 Chrysler Caravan. And when the vehicle is sitting there in the service bay, the vehicle, based on when you, as you scan it, the vehicle appears to be running as designed. There are a few codes in there uh, indicating that there are some windows that are uncalibrated. There's a TPMS code housed within the uh, one of the modules. Codes that, when you look at these particular codes, they don't appear to be codes that are a big deal. The big deal is, is that at some point, this vehicle starts to act up after running in the service bay for a period of time. And again, the period of time is undefined. It happens at random. As you are watching the vehicle, as you are scanning it and scoping the wipers on the vehicle, start to sweep on their own. The lights in the front come on and they stay on. This is a default when there is a communication error. Once uh, that communication error is evident, the vehicle goes into this strategy, so to speak. And this is by design per Chrysler. Do you think the fleet had gotten beaten up so bad at other places that they're just going to Harry and saying, "Hmm, next guy on the list, let's see if he can do it? I think what they have done... They've offered this to a select few that they've worked with over the years. They've worked with Harry quite a bit over the years. I've had an opportunity where when working with Harry, we do our best to provide them with good service. I point out to him that, hey, do your best on each one. Win or lose, do your best. And I am just a believer that if someone is doing their best, regardless of what they're working on, that ultimately they'll be recognized for that. And he has done his best with each and every vehicle. He's been honest with them. He, he lets them know if, uh, you know, his success rate in terms of what's going on with the vehicle. He lets them know that. And for them, uh, they found this to be somewhat unique. But now it is approached a time where in Harry's career, as well as his history with them, they'd like to have things documented. They'd like to relive the actual failure or fault as it's being repaired. And it's, it's very difficult to document stuff. Don't get me wrong, but they will pay him to document. Wow. And that's what makes this opportunity unique. It sounds to me that this fleet is pretty damn smart, that they may have a lot of vehicles and knowing that if they could save, you know, 100, 200 bucks a pop on every vehicle over time, they're cutting their costs. So they have to dive into a doctor who has replaced an awful lot of knees and gets it. Yes. I applaud them. They're a new entity in terms of uh, uh, fleet ownership, so to speak. They, it's a company that's buying out a series of fleets here in the Chicagoland area, and they are looking to do something a little bit different. 
They look at it as a strategy to do something different than what has been done in the past. And I applaud them on it. You know, Kenny, it seems to me, oh, Kenny, I called you Kenny in the beginning. And of course, on your tag on the screen here, it says Kenny Z. And it, it kind of reminds me of Kenny G. I mean, are you trying to be Kenny Z? Do you play an instrument? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just having a little fun. <laughs> Kenny Z. <laughs> when someone says, well, what's your name? I say, well, I'm going to give you something to help you remember my name. And then that way, when I call back and I state what we talked about, I said, I hope it helps you remember me. And uh, when I call back or I talk to someone and I say, hey, this is Kenny Z. And they go, oh, yeah, I remember you. Uh, you were kind of you were kind of making fun of the name Kenny Z. I said, well, I'm not making fun of it, but using it as a way for you to have recall. I totally like it. Wow. And I also promote that in, in training. Look for ways to have recall. As Harry was uh, scoping the communication lines, I, uh, I was telling him, hey, you have to have recall on what the amplitude of those patterns are, looking at can low and can high. And we worked out a way to kind of remember it. And, and now when I ask him questions about, well, what should the numbers be, Harry? He has recall. So for you in working with Harry, again, remember when Kenny met Harry, I know a little frustrated. You told me kind of an interesting story that it was always quick, 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 quick. I don't have time. You don't understand. I got to make money. Quick, quick, quick. Yes. And now a gift from the heavens came down and his, his fleet wants him, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> slow down. Think this through. Record what you're doing. So, Kenny, it seems to me like he would almost need a separate business plan to manage the fleet, a different structure, different approach. But it seems like it would be so good for the rest of his business. Oh, I agree. And he agrees as well. And he has started the process to change his way of thinking. I applaud him. Uh, Harry has uh, been in the industry for quite a few years and for someone to say, well, you have to change your way of thinking about servicing today's products, he wasn't acceptable at first. But now here comes an opportunity where they are promoting change and they're willing to pay you to change. Let's just take a left turn here, a quick left turn here on the highway and talk about uh, Silver Bullets, which is it's, it seems to me, Kenny, that he's been surviving on for a lot, a lot of years and he may not be doing 100% right for the client, but yet he lets his breath out when it finally fixes the car after however many attempts or tries or parts. Exactly. The customer doesn't know any better, some, in many cases. And now, but is that all bad when you're really frustrated and buried into a corner that, that you would want to you know, call a friend to find a bullet? Nothing wrong. We're calling a friend. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with talking to anyone that might help in the process. A lot of the guys, they use Identifix. Identifix is great resource, service information as well. Bulletins. All day long, social media networks, uh, instant messenger, texting, all day long it happens. Yes, it does. What you're saying is that Harry did this 100% of the time. He, 100%. He didn't apply one ounce of the learning. I'm teaching this guy, but he's not listening. And it was funny. One day I walked in and, uh, you know, I didn't say anything. I was just pretending to look at another car and I'm watching him. And the first thing he does, he goes to Identifix. He's looking for the quick fix. He knows the code and he, he says, okay, what are, you know, he's looking at 
in terms of percentages, what has been the most replaced part? He then goes to service information. What is the most replaced part? I'm looking at the numbers. Okay, now 60, 70% of the time, it's this part. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Then it doesn't fix it. And now after replacing that part, replacing this part, he then says, well, okay, now I've got to start my diagnostics. It's nothing wrong with starting the diagnostics from the beginning. When you think about these incredible training events we have in this industry, I mean, some of the best, most premier same faces show up. We know that. Oh, absolutely. Great trainers are there giving up, doing case studies. The trainers work so hard building their training programs. My hat's off to them. We should do just a show on what does it really take? to build a two, three, four, five hour training session, hours and hours and hours. It's, it's time intensive. And then to have someone not even value the training that they got or the training that they're never going to get by jumping into, like you say, the, the quick fixes. And six out of 10, I don't think those are good odds, actually. No. For many, many years, these guys have based their success on probability. I hate to say it, but I actually know some guys that like to go to junkyards and, and build up their parts inventory based on parts uh, from the junkyard. And then when a subject vehicle comes in, they'll say, well, you know what, let, let me try this. And the last vehicle I had where it was doing this, it was this particular part, let me try it. And I try to share with them, that vehicle may be in the junkyard for a reason. And they look at me and they go, Ken, you don't understand. <laughs> I, I got to make money. I got to pay my guys. And I go, okay, well, I'm just trying to share with you what the manufacturer, what the instructors across the world have said for many, many years. There's nothing wrong with having a diagnostic game plan. Hey, look, if you earn your living in the automotive service aftermarket, Apex is for you. Now, if you attended Apex 2022, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional shop owner and technician. Joe's Garage is your place to be with 10 working bays as you experience real live working conditions along with exciting demonstrations and the latest equipment presented. Also, the best tech companies from tools and repair to management software had their latest and the greatest on display. You also attended technical business management training with the industry's best and brightest. Work is already underway to make next year's Apex 2023 even better than ever with more product demos, trending training, marketing, and the latest in business management training to help you grow your sales and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening as we bring you the latest from Apex 2023. Save the date, October 31st through November 2nd, 2023. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. Now, it all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. And having local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, a representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. Tracks always has the flexibility to do business how you need to do it, which means it can also grow as your business grows. 
And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business. Yes, a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. So this client, this potential client for Harry, they're a serious contender for his business. Yes. But Harry probably never considered himself as a serious contender until now. Oh, and I agree. What earned him this uh, opportunity, people like doing business with people that they know. They like Harry. They like his uh, disposition. They like the way he deals with customers. They find it a breath of fresh air. And this is the way one of the uh, VPs described it. That's quite the comment to make about someone in this industry. From a personal aspect, he's extremely good. They want to see if he can extend that in terms of assisting them in diagnosing potential problems with vehicles that they're having. Even doing the homework on potential problems that have been identified per bulletins. And they are asking for a technical service bulletin as they give you the description of what the vehicle's doing, they're asking that a technical service bulletin be researched immediately to see if there's something that matches that complaint. And if so, checking thoroughly to see if that bulletin applies to that complaint. This is nothing new in business. Nothing new. Developing worksheets and methods to discover patterns. I mean, that's one of the things that's talked about every time I hear Matt Fonslow, he's talking about patterns. You know what patterns are. Absolutely. This, this is what there's. A smart fleet to go out and says, listen, I got 25 of these uh, 2010 caravans. And if it happened to this one, it's very possibly can happen to that one. I can't afford it to be down. We're really running tight. Fleet maintenance, fleet management is no better than the way we manage the numbers in our business, productivity, efficiencies, right? Agreed. If it's on the road delivering product, then it's making me money. And if it's not, there almost may be pattern prevention failure. I'm sure it's a perfect word in our industry, but you've talked to me about a, the worksheet method. And does this fit in any way? You bet it does. Uh, I've also worked with Harry where we presented to the company worksheets that, that help us or guide the technician to documenting. So as Harry documents, we also uh, supply them with copies of the actual scope pattern that he may have acquired off of that vehicle. And then we look to see if that scope pattern is very similar off of uh, information we've obtained off a good known vehicle. We've done this for communications. We've done this for engine mechanical. We've done it for the ignition system, as well as the fuel system. And just like a doctor would look at trends, if you will, when looking at human beings, uh, due to the fact that these vehicles are all like, same in kind, it just makes sense to look for similar patterns with these vehicles, utilizing good patterns as the subject matter to be presented. It just makes sense. And Ken, are we up as an industry to document this level of detail? There are a lot of dedicated instructors that are doing their best to do just that. And then they are promoting technicians to provide that information to websites. Pico, which is a, a supplier of lab scopes, they even have a website where you can donate good known patterns or bad patterns that you research. What it does, it builds a library for the industry. But as a technician working in the bays, am, am I geared to open my... Diag worksheet or my own case study 
to uh, help me in the future? Or are we just under the gun? We're just a sling and sling and sling and sling it. I mean, the bulk of the technicians out there being honest are under the gun. Someone is maybe looking at them and saying, hey, are you done yet? I've literally had some technicians, we laugh about it now, but they've been in a situation. It'll be a snowy day here in Chicago where we've got a ton of snow. He goes out there, he cleans the snow off, he warms the vehicle up, he finally gets it in the service bay. And at the moment he gets it in the service bay, as he hooks up the scan tool, he has someone walking over to him. Are we done yet? Have you figured it out? Is it done? And we may sit back and we might say, oh my God, that's kind of funny. But in essence, it's not. That guy is serious. So we will we'll never create a worksheet method. We'll never start tracking our own personal discoveries and, and patterns. I remember Matt Fonslow doing a, a hell of an episode with me on a remarkable result years ago about journaling. It's, it's no different, right? It's no different. Open it up. It's, it's either on your tablet, it's on your mobile device, it's, it's on your desktop, and open up a Google Docs and give a name to each and every vehicle so you can always search and pull any key data that you're typing in and go in there to Google Docs and type in 2010 Chrysler Caravan. I mean, you could have just one document on that and everything that you've done and worked on by date and time and customer. I have actually set up folders. And again, some of the guys laugh at me where, uh, say, for instance, I'll have a Chrysler folder. And then there'll be another uh, folder that says caravans. And then there'll be multiple years, multiple year folders. For instance, in this case, this would go into my 2010 folder. And the path would be Chrysler, Caravan, 2010, and now you're in that folder. And then inside that folder, I might have additional subfolders that might be documented as the problem that I witnessed on that particular vehicle. And what it does, it creates a path where I can find that information. I love that. I'll put in pictures. I'll put in... But again, I'm not saying everybody should be doing this. I'm saying this is what I do for me to help me. Because if I got that information or something that helped me recall that last vehicle that had a similar problem, I'm well on my way. I am well on my way. But in the case of Harry, there is no doubt that this is going to be something. The fleet is, listen, I want to show you what I'm doing to create these great, you know, worksheets that we're going to be able to manage and track everything we're doing on every vehicle. And I've created this. We're even putting the vehicle number. I mean, Harry, Harry could go to, to all kinds of lengths to show them how serious he is, not only as a good diagnostician, but in controlling and tracking. I think what they want from him is the controls they have as a fleet manager in their, you know, miles per gallon and, you know, uptime and who the drivers are and, and the weights that they can carry. They want a partner who's going to dig as deep into the data per vehicle that they are in another, you know, from a high end. Exactly. And again, what changes the game with this, they are willing to pay him to do that. Because in many cases, a tech will say, well, they don't pay me to do that. I'm not doing that. They don't pay me to do that. Well, now here's a form where someone's saying, I'll pay you to do it. We'll set a time for documentation. I will pay you that amount of time to do it. I find that fascinating to be able to say, all right, would you pay me a half hour, you know, half hour per job to do documentations? And they say, yes. I mean, whoa, I'm sorry. I got to pinch myself to even think that we could get away <laughs> with that for just a, a normal everyday occurrence. I think it's phenomenal. I am working with him to uh, try to develop uh, worksheets that will make sense for him and the uh, company. I would just love to see him succeed. I just think it's something that's a phenomenal opportunity for him. And the reason for me bringing this up, 
when Kenny met Harry. Uh, when Harry first started out, Harry was, oh, my God, very, very stubborn in the way he would do things. It had to be done his way. He didn't want to hear what the manufacturer had to say. And I said, I would always say to him, I said, there's nothing wrong with hearing their opinion about their product. They were there when it was on the design table. So before this fleet opportunity landed in Harry's lap, you have known Harry for a long, long time. A long time. You just kept going and going and going. And he kept saying, you don't understand, Kenny. I have to make money. (laughs) It has to be quick. So you would probably be in the same position right now had he not had this opportunity. Now, what if he doesn't get this? Do you think he would have learned something from it? I think he's extremely motivated to get it. And he's now in a situation, win or lose, he knows he's going to learn something in order to move forward. As we move forward, looking at, again, the complexity of today's products, he must change his way of thinking. And if he does not change his way of thinking, he will suffer in reference to time. And I think everyone will agree time has tremendous value. It's like a bank account. We don't know how much we have. And you have to start thinking about family. You have to start thinking about time at the shop. You have to start thinking about your life, period. And you have to say, you know what? What can I do to better utilize that account in reference to time? So you're at a leader-led training class, and you're looking at everybody in the eye. They're looking at you. They're paying attention. Maybe some are, some aren't. Some are writing in their books. Are the people that are going to class, Ken, the ones that really want to make it, what do you see in the people that are attending your classes? I can tell you exactly what I see. I see people that are motivated. They haven't let the industry take them to a point where they say, I give up. I give up. This is too much. They say no. They said, you know what? Let me see what I can do to make life a little bit better for me and my family. And I have proof of where this has happened. Working as an instructor for a major manufacturer, I would always challenge the technicians that were in class. And that one challenge or challenge of words was this, what is your five-year game plan? And in many cases, I would have some just sit back in their seat and say, oh my God, I don't have a game plan. And I was so proud, and and I'm proud to say it today, I had some technicians come back to me years later and they said, Kenny, When you said that, I put a game plan in place. I changed my way of thinking. I sacrificed. I went to classes. And now some of them are are doing remote services. Some of them have purchased their own shops. Some of them are running their own businesses. And this was all, in my opinion, from one question. What is your five-year game plan? And some of them are making more money than they ever thought they would from Five years ago, right? I have one gentleman that comes to mind. I can remember when I first met him, he was at a shop where the owner really didn't respect him. He he called me up one day. He says, Kenny, he says, would you mind listening to my game plan? And I said, sure. I said, nothing wrong with that. And he talked about his game plan. And I said, you know what? I said, you got to at least try. I said, better to have tried and failed than not to have tried at all. He went out there. He tried. And he's done a tremendous job. He's now training. (laughs) He's doing a great job. Was that on his plan? That was not on his plan. He was approached and they said, hey, they said, you're doing a great job out here. Ever thought about doing some training? He stepped back a little bit. He said, I never thought about that. I'm kind of afraid of doing it. 
and was very afraid when he first did his class. But now this is what he's doing now, 100% of the time. I know you were out on the uh, West Coast last week. Um, is virtual going to overtake in-person training? And is there any other thing on the horizon that you see? I see virtual as something that is going to complement face-to-face training. I would hope it would never go away because it, it allows you to reach a large number of people in one sitting versus going from uh, state to state, city to city, and trying to reach the same number. It complements the face-to-face. Say, for instance, if someone were to do some virtual training and said, oh, man, it'd be nice to sit in on the four-hour session. Well, now, okay, there's a face-to-face being done in Kansas City. Maybe he plans to attend that training event and never attended it before. You get away from the shop. You get away from the stress of the phone ringing. And now you have a three or four days where you can concentrate on the subjects at hand. It's a phenomenal change in mindset. Kenny, what's your opinion of assessments where somebody's going into training and um, sometimes they say, I could have taught the class because maybe their expectations weren't quite there. But should we not be looking at the uh, training that is right at the right time? Carmen, that's a great question. From a trainer aspect, and I can only speak for me, it has become more and more difficult to hit the target in terms of subject matter. You would have to know what he's seeing and what he's having problems with. And when you present that question to an audience, very few people answer. You kind of have to do some homework on maybe what might be a good topic for people to attend and learn more about. Just to give you a great example, fuel trims have been around a long time, but it still is a great topic when someone offers a training class on it, especially a detailed class in terms of strategies on how to deal with fuel trims. You can have a fuel trim class, comma, something specific to what fuel trims are. You could literally offer five fuel trim classes at an event and have them all be in depth in a, in the specific realm of the diag process or how the car behaves, how the systems behave. Maybe that's where, and maybe you're already doing it. I don't know that it's kind of like, reminds me of a specialty shop, Euro shop, an Asian shop. You know, we have ADAS calibration centers, you know, four wheel vehicle that maybe training will get Instead of trying to be too general, yes, maybe training will get, hey, and it doesn't have to go on for four hours. Listen, come in for two hours. We're slicing the pie this thin, but we're going deep. And I've seen a lot of companies start to take that approach. The philosophy is becoming, well, you know, it's a big meal. Let's have a little bit at a time. Let's digest it. Another great topic. They've been around for quite a while now. Air fuel sensors. In fact... If you guys are open to it, I've actually got a case study where we looked at an air fuel sensor. It was an interesting diagnostic, an interesting approach. I don't know how much time we have, but again, if it's something that we have the time, would gladly be more than happy to show you some of the slides where it led to a diagnostic approach and ending that turned out good. Air fuel sensors are expensive. You don't want to just replace them on a whim. You want to do your best to try to understand what's going on so the correct diagnosis is made, just as an example. Why don't we have you come back and do a webinar on this? I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to hear about this. I'm sure you've done it for other people, but I would like to say if, if we jump into this really heavy right now. Understood. 
so, so appreciate this. Any, you know, as if we were sitting at the bar, uh, last call, Kenny, anything? Last call, and this is where I am reaching out and begging people to get involved with this. I started interviewing people, verbal interviews. Can you live without your radio? And in many cases, the majority of responses were no. So I started getting involved with infotainment systems because no one wanted to get involved with them. Vehicle would come in, the screen would be blank. Their logic was just replace the radio. If that didn't fix it, then they just kind of threw their hands up. So I started doing some in-depth training on it. And the end result is that it has turned into a niche for my shops that engaged with it. My ending statement is this. Find your niche. Come the best and offer those services to your customers. We are going to start to get customers coming in asking about, can you repair or get my radio up and going? It's a lot of failures in that area. To your point, the customer would mostly think of the dealer. But if we got good at it, then we put it up on our, if you will, our shingle that tells each and every customer, even social media says, we fix, we fix car radios, even that new stuff that you touch. That's right. And Carm, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you an important question. Can you live without your radio? No, sir. You say no. I can't. Why not? Because that's how I listen to my podcasts. My Bluetooth is connected to the car. After I saturate so many podcasts, I have to go with some music. <laughs> Excellent. So you would be very motivated to get something repaired if there was a failure in that area. Kenny, I'd be lost in the woods, deep woods. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I promote guys to kind of think outside the box and add this to their education. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. And Ann would say, how come you drive my car all the time? What's going on? Something wrong with yours? <laughs> exactly. Looks good. No, it's the radio, baby. Get it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> how can anybody reach out to you? My email address is kzanders92. That's with a Z. Z is in zebra. kzanders92 at gmail.com. If you would just put in... Uh, just the word podcast, I know as someone who's reaching out from the podcast. Yeah, cool. Would love to talk to you about different things and, and share with you what I'm doing. If you're looking to find out who Kenny Z really is, I'm an automotive enthusiast who went too far. I enjoy gathering the data. I enjoy gathering the homework. I enjoy putting as much detail as possible and then providing a presentation where someone says, you know what? I understand where he's going, where he went, and how he got there. And if I can hear someone say that, I feel like I gave something back to the automotive service community. Great ending, Kenny Zanders. When Harry met Kenny, or when Kenny met Harry, great episode. Thank you so much for all your great knowledge, and we're going to have to have you back doing that webinar on air fuel sensors, man. Thanks. Oh, that would be cool. Would love to. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 